You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everyone and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number 87. We're discussing all the changes to Star Wars Episode 9 and a little bit of speculation for Marvel Phase 4. I'm one of your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Sanjay. The boys are back. First time, all three of us, since how long? A month. Wow. At least a month. Wow. That's like... You do like a petty crime, you're away for a month, so I felt like we, we should just commit a petty crime and reconvene in a month. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like an awful idea. <laughs> <laughs> what can go wrong? What, what what can you do that gets you a month in jail in Canada? I don't think anything. Murder? Walking. <laughs> numerous times. <laughs> All right, man. Welcome back, bro. Welcome back to the table. We got lots to talk about this week. Lucasfilm has dropped another Tuesday bomb for us to discuss, so we've had to shift around some of our news topics here. Last week, Troy and I, we discussed the changes that were coming to Episode 9 with Colin Trevorrow, the director or the would-be director of Episode 9, departing from the project. Now, when we discussed that, we had about half an hour from when that news was actually revealed to kind of process it. And we speculate a bit on who's coming into the director's chair and what actually happens. It turns out with further reporting that it wasn't or it doesn't sound as amicable of a split as was reported initially. We had given quite a bit of credit to Colin Trevorrow for departing the project when he saw it going down a path that he didn't particularly agree with. But further reporting from various sources has stated that he was becoming somewhat difficult to deal with and pressing his views and trying to impose his views on a story that Lucasfilm maybe had a better idea of where they want to go with it. And coming back around, we had talked about, is it going to be Ryan Johnson? Is it going to be J.J. Abrams? Are they going to go with a familiar director to this franchise? And it turns out they didn't wait very long to announce it, but J.J. Abrams is coming back to the director's chair for Star Wars Episode Nine. What do you guys think of this? Because I know last week we talked about it, Troy, you're really pushing for Ryan Johnson. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was going for Ryan Johnson, and I still feel like Star Wars himself were going for uh, Ryan Johnson. I just, I think probably you know, taking on a project like Star Wars is is very big. It's huge. It's like a eight to eight months, like a year gap that you have to commit to. And I feel like coming off a project like that for Episode Eight, and then you have to conclude it with Episode Nine, it's probably a lot to take on. I feel like Star Wars wanted him, and he's probably like, you know what. I'm going to take the back seat here. You actually had um, a junket, I think, in Japan recently, yes. right, talking about that, how he can't wait to just get back to being the audience and enjoying the Star Wars experience, right, from the audience perspective. So I, I just, I don't know. I mean, J.J. Abrams is a great pick. It's a safe choice. It's not my number one choice, but it's the safe choice, and uh, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. I really like what he did in episode seven. It's still in my top three, actually, for Star Wars films. Yeah. So I'm excited, but I just feel like Ryan Johnson has so much momentum going off of episode eight, and I feel like he probably has the best grasp of those characters more recent than J.J. would. It'd be cool to see him wrap it up, but I totally get, I totally understand uh, why this has happened. So. Would you worry with Ryan Johnson about some sort of fatigue, like we saw in Joss Whedon coming out of the back end of Avengers: Age of Ultron? 
Yes, yes. Um, that's that's a lot to take on, and especially Joss Whedon even had more time to yeah. work with those with that franchise, whereas Ryan Johnson would have like a year. If you know, that, if that, like they'd be going to pre-production, to story writing, scripting, yeah. all of that, because that's coming down. Like they yeah. got to get on that. And it seems like Kathleen Kennedy cracks the whip a lot stronger than um, our boy Kevin Feige. Yeah, yeah. You know, she's not messing around over there. So, Sanjay, what are your thoughts? Man? <laughs> you know, this Star Wars gig is the most uh, sought after in Hollywood. You would assume so. They could literally have the pick of anyone. And I think they missed it by not picking Zack Snyder. <laughs> I would. I'm just going to say it, you know. Um, is that only because his writing partner, yes, that's Chris right. Terrio, is also writing with J.J. Abrams for Star Wars Episode So, 9? So as BVS haters such as yourselves, <laughs> how does that make you feel that the writer of one of your least favorite movies is writing, quite possibly, the most important movie in Star Wars franchise history? Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's hear it. Kyle over at the Tummy Saber pointed something out today. The fact that we weren't all over this Derek Connolly who wrote Jurassic World alongside Colin Trevorrow, as much as we are possibly going to be all over Chris Terrio, <laughs> is something, a bit of a gap, maybe like jumping on sort of the, this bandwagon here. So I'm going to hold back. I'm going to be a bit more reserved. We have to also remember J.J. Abrams has a lot of familiarity with this franchise. He wrote mm-hmm. Star Wars The Force Awakens with Lawrence Kasdan. We've got Kathleen Kennedy. There's a lot of people working at this. Yeah. This isn't I'm not I don't I don't think Terry's a bad writer. I just think, I think that movie great writer. <laughs> the movie wasn't executed. I don't think maybe the way the script even was. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's the writing's one thing, but it's also translating that onto the screen is a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. And that's somewhat in the director's hands and the editor's hands. So I think there's a lot of missteps in that movie as we've chronicled through the entirety of this <laughs> podcast. But I'm not worried about one individual coming into the Star Wars franchise and effing it up. Like I don't mm-hmm. think. He's got good ideas. There are good ideas and good narrative threads in Batman vs Superman. Well, can we get can we get that in writing? <laughs> but, but they aren't fully executed, and some of them just go down these wiry paths that lead nowhere. And so I think you take someone like that, you pair him with J.J. Abrams, and you you potentially have gold there. Like, mm-hmm. I, I who am I to say I'm not a writer? Like this this guy, this is what he does for a living. He gets hired for a reason. People have vetted him. J.J. Abrams said, "Yeah, sure, I'm going to bring this guy on board." Yeah. So I, I'm I'm fine with that for now. What if? Okay, so I'm gonna break down this scenario. Troy, this is for you. All right. What if Kylo Ren pees in a glass and gives it to Ray? <laughs> horrible. I did. A very, a very memorable scene. For yeah, yeah. It's horrible. That, that's kind of when I checked out of that film. Actually, Grandma's Juice or whatever it's called. Peach checked juice. out. Checked out. Um, so how long do you think they've known about this already that they've hired JJ? Because obviously like we're hearing it now, but they must have mm-hmm. made this move quite some time ago already. If they're in negotiations possibly with Ryan Johnson's in the first place, who knows? You know, I don't know if this I I really think this has happened in real time. Really? Yeah, I no. don't like I'd like to think that they've they've foreseen this, but at the same time, yeah. it it just seems like they're just like, okay, we gotta get this done. Like Conjurar's out, JJ's in. Like, yeah. they, they may have been questioning Trevorrow and Connolly. I think yep. that's his name. Derek Connolly, yeah. something like that. Right. That sounds like an actor, but... Yeah. <laughs> a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that this this progressed really quickly within Lucasfilm. Like it just doesn't have the feel of, hey, 
we're, we're going to kind of do this slowly and see if JJ's available behind Trevorrow's back. I think this was like, boom, it's happening. Really? Because, you know, obviously with the the failure or the bombshell of uh, Book of Henry, yeah. I'm not saying they made that move right away then, but maybe that was the point when they started looking and kind of started making the moves. Because, I mean, Lucasfilm, they're, they're so on board with what, they, with what they're working with. I feel like they must have hit the execution button a little, a little earlier. Yeah, well, I, it seems like, so when this new writer came on board, yes. my guess was that they turned in a script, right. and they read through it, and were like, okay, this, this needs to be touched up. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. These guys are still fine, they've got some ideas in here that fit, right. but maybe we need to touch this up. And then you, you look at some of the reports where they're saying that Trevorrow was having issues, was pushing his ideas, right. and trying to impose those ideas on a script, maybe. And maybe he didn't like another writer coming in and then yeah. you start butting heads and then things just escalate from there. I think that if they weren't trying to do this almost in real time and get people under control, I don't know if they would have went with Abrams. Abrams, it just seemed like it dropped a week later. We've got yeah. this. Like, look how long it took for them to do the Han Solo thing. That that kind of rolled pretty quick too because that was in the middle did. of production. Yeah. Yeah. But and they that, had to speed that one up. They had to yeah. do that yeah. one quickly. This just feels like it was real time. Like, it wasn't planned. I, yeah. That's but, just the feeling. they have I so much time still with this movie too. 2019, yeah. right? There's yeah. still lots of time. Yeah. Is there an issue with Star Wars and directors? I mean, this is two in a row now. I mean... Three. Well, three. Three. Yeah. three. Yeah. So we touched on this a little bit last week. Yeah. And... My thought, and I'll reiterate that, is that they're chasing a Marvel model. They're chasing yeah. this, let's hire young gun directors to kind of make these big films, put their own spin on it. And then they got halfway through a couple of these and were like, oh my God, this is not at all what we want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with the saga films, they were taking the risks. Because even with Gareth Edwards, right, they end up bumping heads towards the end there. Yeah. Right? And he yeah, almost got booted. That. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously Josh Trank's situation, but at least they caught the cancer immediately yeah. with that one, right? So, um, yeah, with this Marvel um, kind of direction they're going, it's, it's, it doesn't work. No, it's it doesn't not work working. with Star Wars. Not, not right now. No. 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 And, and if you want to do something risky like that, stick to the non-saga films. Yeah. You know, the, the Obi-Wan films, even if you, if you but, want to. But with, even with an Obi-Wan film, mm -hmm. they, they have to stay within a contained universe still. They of can't course. make this be, yeah. feel like, like I said last week, like a Guardians film or something else, right? A Ragnarok film. Right, and, no. And splashes of color. And no, all it this. still has to feel like Star yeah. Wars. You could yeah. do a Mandalore movie like that or something to that effect, yeah. right? Where yeah. you go outside of the bounds of the universe, yeah. the, the construct that they've they've built within the Star Wars universe proper. Mm -hmm. If they want to spin it and do something like that, yeah, sure. Maybe take a director like a James Gunn-esque and do something crazy like that where you can play with the pop of colors, like a Sabine right. type character, Not right? Like yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 interesting to see how quickly all this has developed. Mm -hmm. And personally, I'm very much on board with J.J. Abrams. Yep. I like what he did in the Force Awakens. I liked how he rebooted Star Trek. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I love yeah. both the Star Trek films. Yeah. yeah, so I'm happy about it. But when you looked at Twitter today when this was announced, people were going insane. <laughs> yeah. It was slapped down the middle. Really? Like, when you look at some of the polls that the guys over at Gen X ran yeah. and uh, Market Talks Wars ran one too. Everyone seems very in favor of this. Like overwhelmingly overwhelmingly in favor but then you look at some of the comments people are freaking out about abrams being on this film but that's kind of like force awakens as a whole right it's very divided that film yeah. some people love it and some people hate it well it's that Reflexive. derivative nature right yeah. that's what people are worried about people are yeah. saying oh my god we're gonna get return of the jedi yeah. part two or 2.0 yeah, yeah. Well, and that the, the thing with the force awakens yeah you can see some elements of a new hope in there you can see some elements of every movie in there yeah which is fine but by the time we're through the last jedi I think we're going to be in such a different place with all of the characters that doing a derivative or some iteration of Return of the Jedi is not even going to be possible. 
Like these characters gonna have to go a completely different direction. No, uh, and honestly, like it gets tiring hearing these some of these fanboys. I'm gonna go on a little rant here, but some of these fanboys go on about like this is gonna be the next empire. This is gonna be the next empire. So they're asking for a reboot, and then we get Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, which is a little bit of a reboot retelling, a little bit, right? But at the same time, when you go back to the prequels, people hated the prequels. Some yeah. people hated the prequels because it wasn't like Star Wars, like mm-hmm. the originals. And then J.J. Abrams returns the favor and gives us the original Star Wars, basically, in Episode Seven. So you just can't please some of these fanboys out there, right? No, I think J.J. No. did a great job. And so do I. I'm yeah. totally excited to see what he's going to do. Like I said before, Ryan Johnson was my number one pick, but J.J. <laughs> Abrams is great. I really have no problem with his direction. Is there going to be an Episode Ten, Or is Episode Nine? That's they haven't it. announced that they, yet. Really. It's gonna be yeah. whether they take five years off and then start a new trilogy and Old just Republic. do yeah, <laughs> or and then they could just do these um, anthology films, yeah. one offs mm-hmm. type thing. Because the other big bit of news was the shift in date as well. So when yeah. this news dropped about Abrams, I was thinking, okay, they're trying to hit this May date, and then I'm thinking to myself, well, why wouldn't they they shift this? Are they trying to save that spot to do two Star Wars movies? A year. Okay. But then maybe a couple hours after, they announced that episode nine is moving to that December time slot. Yeah. So December 20, 20th, 2019, is when we're going to see Star Wars episode nine, which I'm ecstatic about. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. goes back to how many times have we talked about this, about this being a tradition. Right. And we love it in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to get Han Solo still in May, it looks like. Yeah. But this episode nine is coming December. You guys loving that? I love it. I like the December spot. It's a great yeah. spot. I mean, everyone's off. It's the holidays. People are happy. So... Yeah, I love it. And, you know, it's uh, it's a nice, it's kind of, as Jim said, it's a tradition. And uh, it's nice for Star Wars to lend that to Aquaman for a year. And uh, <laughs> hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm super excited about all this. I think this is all good news. And the only other point that I want to bring up here about Abrams is the fact that he's also writing it with uh, Chris Terrio. And I know we've gone through this already, but <laughs> the curious thing is, do you think they're going to be starting from scratch? Are they going to wipe out Trevorrow's script? and say, we're going from here, this is going to be our new thing, we're good to go. Hands down. Yeah. One, they have enough time to do so, and two, any director that steps in, with the amount of time they have, they, they want a clean slate. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, even look at, um, what's his name right now for, for the... Ron um, Exactly. He's yeah. come in there, and he's pretty much changing a lot of things yeah. around, too. And they don't have as much time no. as J.J. Uh, <laughs> Abrams does. You know, Matt Reeves is another mm-hmm. guy, too, with the Batman project. He's come in there... And completely changed yeah, it around. Wipe the slate clean. Because yeah. yeah. the, the one thing that, that kind of got my mind spinning about that is I always had this idea that they had a framework that J.J. Abrams, Lawrence Kass, and whomever kind of cooked this up at the start and said, this is our framework. This is where we want the arc of these individual characters to go. And if they're wiping the slate clean on episode nine again, do you think that they aren't as well planned out as maybe I give them credit for as far as the overall narrative of the trilogy that they've built here? <laughs> well, you know, that, that's the funny thing. If, if you think about it, really going back to Star Wars, like the original Star Wars with George Lucas, like he had this big vision, obviously. But when you look at each film, like he didn't know he was going get to a, get a um, Empire Strikes Back. He didn't know he was going to get the sequel or the third one. So they've always kind of been going as they've made these movies yeah. to, to a certain extent, right? Mm-hmm. The prequels are pretty much the only ones that were really concrete and you knew where that was going to go. So I feel like this is right in territory for Star Wars to kind of keep going where they are. But the thing is, too, going back to Force Awakens, I feel like Ryan Johnson's kind of changed some of the direction that J.J. was going. So that's Mm going to be interesting to see J.J. now bounce back off of the direction that Ryan Johnson was going. Yeah, I'm hoping that Ryan Johnson even comes in as a producer on this and has a bit of oversight. At least the transition 
into episode nine from episode eight. Yeah, because I thought he was helping Colin Farrell for a little bit with episode nine. Yeah, because well. there, there's so. some of that, that crossover, I think. Yeah. He had that at the end of episode seven, exactly. at the episode eight. Right. I don't know if we're going to have, well, we're not going to have the same ability between episode eight and nine because right. episode eight is probably all packaged up at this point. Yeah, and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. has been announced as well. He's wow. going to be in that film where I have voice acting in yeah. Alien. Yeah. Whoa, interesting. Yeah. He's a good actor. Everyone wants a piece of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, but we're going to keep our finger on the pulse here. I'm sure there's lots more details to come out, but with episode nine being so far out still, it's it's going to be a, a long time before we get any concrete answers here. Yeah. We're going to have to see what happens with The Last Jedi as well. For sure. After that, it's speculation time for episode nine. But yeah. we're going to get through The Last yeah. Jedi first. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, no, this is great news. Like last week we said, um, I was excited because I wasn't the biggest fan of Colin Tavaro in the first place going off of Jurassic World. So, man, J.J. Abrams, bring us home. Bring us home. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, last week we discussed our first big milestone in the countdown to The Last Jedi. And I want to check in here with a Force Friday 2 plus a week. Now, last week... We did discuss your story, Sanjay. That's right. And can you shed a little bit more light on your <laughs> epic find for Troy and I? We kind of yeah. described a little bit high level, but just go into a little bit more detail about your find at Walmart prior to Force Friday 2. Yeah, it was totally out of the blue. Uh, all this happened because I got really sick on the Friday. Um, didn't make it to work. I was throwing up all day. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Great start to the weekend. My wife ended up getting sick as well. She was throwing up Friday, Saturday, same thing. The joys of having young children. Yeah, exactly. All those germs. They're just so <laughs> nice to share with us. <laughs> and um, so Sunday, we started feeling a little bit better. And we're like, you know, this weekend kind of sucked. Let's do something fun. But like, we still weren't feeling great. And there's a Walmart just down the street from our house. And we're like, well, let's just go to the Walmart just for something. Because we, di we didn't even leave the house all weekend. So... We go and I look at the action figures and I was like, oh, Justice League. Okay, that's pretty cool. And I have my daughter with me and then she takes off and runs and I go to chase after her. She runs right uh, like right past the Star Wars uh, setup that they had. So they had this thing already set up on the Sunday before Force Friday. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like the Black Series. Like, okay, I know Tim and Troy. I've been looking at those figures, but I was like, I know Force Friday is this weekend because you guys had texted me that day. Yeah. Or no, you guys had tweeted me that day right. and said, oh, Force Friday. And I was like, I can't make it. Sorry, guys. And I was like looking. And I was like, well, this has to be like the old series. Like there's no way. And then I see, uh, was it Emperor Thrawn or General Thrawn? Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, that's the one. You're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's the blue guy. And I was like, I remember <laughs> these guys talking about it at the podcast. And then I see Luke with like like a robot hand and like gray hair yeah and i'm like this doesn't look like any luke i've seen before i was like i gotta investigate this so like i take out all the figures and i take a picture and i was like hey look what i just found and i just tweet it out and instantly tim goes bro are you serious <laughs> like i think it was even quicker than like wi-fi like he had got that down packed and i so i give him a call i'm like yeah they're just at the walmart and they also had the three and three quarter inch figures and all the Lego uh, stuff they already had out. And I was like, this is insane. Like, you guys have been talking about this. And, like, people are going to be lining up for this. And, like, okay, I got to hook my boys up. Yeah. So then I pick them up. And then Tim's like, you know, sometimes they do this, but they won't sell them to you. So I was a little bit nervous. I was like, what if they say sorry? You know, because I scanned the price tag and it said item not found on those, like, price searchers. Oh, yeah. So I was like, shit, they're not going to sell it. But I was like, I'll just try. I can argue it. And, like, there's a price up there. So why wouldn't they sell it? And the lady just rang it through, and she's like, yeah, here's your total. And I was like, sweet. So 
I hooked him up. And $200 I go, later. Yeah. <laughs> I hooked him up, and then I go home, and we bought this uh, slow cooker, and there was, like, a dent in it. So I was like, okay, I got to take it back. And then Troy, like, texts me, and he's like, yo, boy. Like, he's like, well, he didn't say that, but he's like. <laughs> 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 Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about <laughs> Troy. He's like, <laughs> 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 he's like, hey, man, like, if you want to. Yo, boy. From <laughs> <laughs> Newfoundland. Hey, man. <laughs> you turned you Con- six year <laughs> Turned to Conor McGregor overnight. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, if you're going to go back, like, do you mind picking them up for me and see if they still have them? Yeah, absolutely. So I go and I check, and they still had all of them. And you yeah. dubbed it Sunday Sundays. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah Forget Force Friday, yeah. Sunday Sundays. There you go. <laughs> Next year, you know, I'm going to look for it again and get it early. Well, it's funny, too, because that's the only Walmart in the city that got a shipment of anything. Yeah. Really? Yeah, because all the other ones have been horrendous. Maybe people put them out early and other people picked them up like me. No, because I guarantee, because there's nothing left on the pegs. Nothing. Oh. And I went around this weekend again in my Force Friday 2 plus a week, because I was like, what can I grab? I'm still hunting for that three and three quarter inch Luke, which yeah. I did find at a Walmart, actually. So oh. they're slowly starting to get things in. Right. But I did go down to the Toys R Us that did run the Force Friday 2 midnight oh, event. Oh, okay. And they were stacked deep in everything. They must have had 20 to 30 Darth Vaders. Wow. So at two per case, they had between 10 and 15 cases of Black Series come in. Wow. That's more than they've gotten probably in the last Force Friday 2 combined times three. Jeez. Like, it's insane down there. So Toys R Us, I said last week, they're continuing to kill it. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving what I'm seeing there. Although the problem with this, and the problem I'm going to see with this, is that they're going to be stacked so deep, they're not going to order the second wave. We're, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they've over-ordered, and this has happened before with right. subsequent waves, is that they get so much of the first wave and they just kind of backlog and they swing on the pegs and then they don't order the second wave because like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're full here. It's right. fine. Yeah. yeah. So you end up having to go to smaller shops and getting lucky at different stores yeah, and all that, right? That's right. So that's a big issue with how they order things. And we're never going to win with this, right? It's either they don't ship enough or they ship too much. Exactly. There's no happy medium, if I, I find. And it's something that we're just going to have to deal with as collectors. I don't think we're going to be able to get around that. No. Well, I think especially in Canada, I mean, if you look at the big box stores, there used to be Zellers. There used to be Target briefly. Mm-hmm. There used to be like three or four places you could go. Yeah. Now there's just two, Toys yeah. R Us and Walmart. Yeah. Like, can you name any other big box store that's in like every mall? Sometimes. Ikea tried, or not Ikea. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Chappers tried it for Ch- Really? I was in there on the now. weekend, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's anything. all just online market now. Yeah, so. and the Lego, they do Lego still in store, but it's yeah. all legacy stuff. It's stuff that's been kicking around for the last year or two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you get a few other places. London Drugs does some stuff sometimes. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah they actually do have a decent uh, action figure section. Yeah, so. so but then again, they get stacked deep. You go in there, and you can still see Force Awakens stuff. And so they might get the first wave here, but subsequent waves, the harder to find waves usually, don't end up showing up in these stores because of how big the order is for the first couple of waves. And that's yeah. what we want, but we need people to be buying these yeah. things, it seems. So it's, it's lose, lose, win, win, whatever you want to call <laughs> right. it. I think at the end of the day, we're all happy with how Force Friday 2 turned out. I'm mm-hmm. seeing a lot more things coming out in the shelves. Mm-hmm. I got a DJ Funko Pop that's a GameStop exclusive. That's DJ just, Tanner? Yes, DJ? that's exactly oh, what my wife said. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the character, Benicio Del Toro's character from The Last Jedi. Uh, and so I'm kind of a collector of exclusives. I saw the GameStop exclusive slapped on it from EB Games. And so I picked that up. So I got a couple of things this past weekend. I'm going to slowly keep going to the stores and see if I can find that wave that two. Snoke. That wave yeah. two, that Snoke. Yeah. Yes, because this past weekend was also HasCon. I think this was the 
the first year they're doing this, this is a Hasbro-centric con uh, convention yeah. where they start to announce and lay out certain things. So now we're getting San Diego Comic-Con, mm -hmm. D23, yeah, New York, Toy, New York Fair. Toy Fair. We're getting Hascon now. So it seems that the, the, the years of getting massive announcements all at once are long gone. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting slow dribbles of information at each one of these conventions. And of course, they're going to save some of that for their own convention as they draw people into it. They did have a nice Star Wars presence there as well, which they announced a few new Black Series figures and some that we had maybe speculated before. And I'm not sure if this is an actual wave that's going to come out that they showed here or if this is kind of be repacked with some of the other figures and some of the, like the Janus Solo that they also showed off there as well. But for wave two, we do know that we're getting the Snowtrooper and the Adat Driver, along with Poe, a repacked Kylo, Maze, Elite Guard, the Snoke's Guard there, yeah. uh, General Leia, and a Finn in, in Imperial Disguise. Imperial Disguise. Oh, First Order Disguise. Yeah, yeah. And at Hascon, they announced, or they showed what looks like could be a wave, which is filled with... The majority of them are repacked figures, Ray, Luke, Poe, Kylo, and one of the elite guards. But they also did show off Rose, which is one new character from The Last Jedi that's going to have this arc with Finn. Yeah. And also the Snoke that is a repack from that GameStop exclusive throne six-inch action right. figure. And he looked like he's on like the same par of, uh, as Chewie. You know? Yeah, he's quite tall. Yeah. Looking, I'm Maybe looking at a, a picture less. here, and he looks quite tall. He's a yeah. at least a head taller than Kylo Ren. Yeah. So he's going to be somewhat in scale, I think. Yeah. And the sculpt, the head sculpt on it looked incredible. It looks really detailed. It does. And you said there's a Poe as well, right? Yeah, there's a Poe in there, yeah. yeah. He's kind yeah. of in his civvies. He, like, from a distance, he looks like Han Solo from Empire. With, but a dark brown jacket instead of the blue? It looks blue. Uh, I might oh, okay. be dark brown actually okay. here too. Yeah, because I know him and Finn look like they're rocking kind of the same style. Yeah. 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 He's. A, I get him, Cassian, and Han kind of. They're all kind of. I know. Like yeah, that's yeah. 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 But and then we had some three and three quarter inch announced there. They just introduced a Luke Skywalker and Jedi Exile gear. So that's the brown, the Saw darker look finally. to him. Yeah. So it looks pretty good. Like they had some two packs. They had this DJ in three and three quarter inch. So we're starting to see what second and third waves are going to start to look like, and it's exciting stuff. We're going to be getting these coming down the pipe within the next month or two here we're going to be leading into the last jedi with probably at least another wave of black series and three and three quarter inch still really don't know when they're going to be dropping my guess would be november time frame yeah maybe even into december right up for christmas and that but we're getting lots of stuff and the, the shelves are, are filling up and it looks like we're going to have at least some success going here into the subsequent waves of the Black Series and 3 3 quarter inch. So there's going to be a lot of re-releases, I, I assume, of Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber. There must be because like with the Funkos and with the 3 3 quarter and the 6 inch Black Series and maybe even Elite Series, you think they're going to give us a repack? Because eventually he's going to get that green lightsaber. Yeah, so I'm that was sure a, that's a big speculation yeah. point here. And that was something I threw an article up on in July there up okay. on the website, yeah. thenerdroom.net, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, about speculating whether or not he's going to pick up the lightsaber. Because like Rey for The Force Awakens, she was packed without a lightsaber and then repacked with lightsabers. Some yeah. of them are direct repacks, the Elite series in particular, of the same figure, same everything, except for there's a lightsaber stuck in there. Yeah. For an extra 33 bucks. Yeah. And yeah. you bought it? I know. No. We've had this conversation on this podcast. <laughs> I did refrain. But I agree with you. I think that at some point in The Last Jedi, Luke is going to pick up the lightsaber. I think Has we're going to go down a similar path that we had with Empire, where Rey is going to see some sort of vision of Finn and Rose in trouble, and she's going to say, I'm, i got to quit my training right now. I'll come back later, I promise, but I've got to go rescue them. Oh, okay. And unlike Yoda, I think Luke is eventually going to follow and show up and just 
kicks some ass. We have to see it. With a lightsaber at the end. We have to see it. I think that's going to be the big twist on The Last Jedi is we're all going to think, sitting in the theater, this is Yoda. He's not going to come. She's going to have to come back in whatever the the episode nine does. And that's where we're going to get the progression of Rey and more of Luke. I think he's showing up at the end of this film. And I think that's why you're not going to see a, pack, a repack of this until after the movie drops. So you think it's going to be at the very end of the film he's going to bust out that green lightsaber? And I think so. I think it's. I don't think he's going to pull it out during training. I think it's going to be at the end of the film when we're to a point where like Ray is... It's very similar to that maybe Ray's in a battle with Kylo. It's like I think we're going to see some elements of Empire in there. Mm-hmm. And she looks like she's losing or something's happened. Someone's died with this rose or someone... And we think everything's lost. We think this is how the movie's going to end, uh-huh. similar to Empire. Right. But then Luke shows up, and we have some sort of showdown. Nice. And we rock into episode nine with Luke rolling with a lightsaber and saying, look, I'm here. The Resistance is here, and we're going to go up and fight Snoke and the rest of his crew in episode nine. There's going to be that big battle is going to happen in episode nice. nine, but we're going to get a tease of it in episode eight. I agree <laughs> that, that he's going to have the lightsaber, and that's why I think we're going to see action figures of that repacked. Yeah. Definitely. Because even in the three three quarter, he's the only one really that doesn't come with an accessory. Yeah, his hand molds in the black series is to hold a lightsaber. <laughs> it could be to hold something else. <laughs> cane, well, I guess I he's got that cane. Yeah. But there you go. I think th- there's something more to this. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It's yeah. Everybody loves the green lightsaber, and we only had it in one film. Yes. Really. So ah. gotta get it back. Do yeah. you think that Ray's hand is gonna get cut off in Episode Eight? I can see it. Right? Yeah, everyone's got to lose an arm. Maybe her arm. Maybe the maybe. whole arm. Just yeah. give her a cool maybe. cyborg-looking maybe arm. Maybe a leg or something this time. Or chin. Leg's hard to chin. get. <laughs> <laughs> She's like a pig leg. She'd be like a pirate in like a yeah. patch, lose an eye. A robotic leg. Yeah. yeah. Be or, different. Yeah. Or like a wheel. <laughs> like a BB, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rolling around. BB Ray. Yeah. There you go. You heard it here first. All right. To wrap up this Force Friday 2 discussion... I was walking through the mall the other day, and I decided to zip into the Lego store. My little daughter, she loves playing on the Lego. They have all that stuff there. And I get an opportunity to walk around the store. But I walk in, and I see this massive Millennium Falcon, fully built. We knew this was coming. This is a 7,541-piece Lego set. The biggest ever. 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 (laughs) This supersedes what was the Taj Mahal by almost 1,000 pieces or over 1,000 pieces. And... I did not appreciate the scale of this thing until I saw it in person. It is absolutely enormous. It's got to be two and a half plus feet wide That's crazy. and almost three feet long. It is huge. Wow. If you do have a Lego store in your vicinity, I would highly stress to go check it out because I think, or I believe, they're in all of the Lego stores. But it's really cool. But this thing rocks a price of $799 American. Whew. So that's going to be upwards, pushing towards that that $1,000 mark Canadian with tax and wow. all that. Wow. So is this like Ikea? Like, do you have to assemble it yourself? Or does like a team come out and sell it for you? <laughs> Imagine that's a the lot instructions of on that. It's yeah. like 1,000 pages Oh, it's, it's crazy. I'm sure that, I think the box actually has wheels on it to get wow. it out of the store. Yeah. Wow. It is an update of the Falcon set, I think from 2007. So it's like a 10-year anniversary of the Ultimate Collector Series Millennium Falcon, which was 5,200 pieces, I believe. And there's a video, a time-lapse video of a guy on the internet doing it. It took him 12 hours to do that. Wow. So this is going to take probably upwards of 16, 18 hours. If you're doing it, like that was all he did, I think. And he had this really cool tray with all the pieces organized and all that. Wow. So it'd probably take me like months to build. Does this include all the the main guys from the film, obviously, like Luke, Han, Chewie? So, so what's, to, right? Yeah, so what's cool about it is the minifigures. Yeah, it's got a yeah. set of minifigures. 
but with the Millennium Falcon, so it is an it's a 40th anniversary type thing. But they've they've made it for that you can convert it from the Force Awakens uh. Millennium Falcon into the Empire Strikes Back Millennium Falcon uh. with just the change of the radar dish. What? So you go from the circle to the square, and there's two little pieces at the front that they pull off, and then the minifigures that come with them are two generations with Chewie spanning both of them. So oh, they've got Finn, Ray, BB-8. Actually, two Porgs come with it. Yeah. And then you've got Han Solo, Leia. And C-3PO, I believe. Wow. Is there a difference between that one and, like, the episode three? Like, that quick little, like, snippet of the one in episode three? You know? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be crazy. (laughs) That's that's really cool, though. That's impressive. So, what's next is, like, the Death Star? 5,000. Well, the Death Star, they just re-released the Death Star last year. And it was was big. Yeah. But not this big. No. I don't know what you do next. Yeah. This is, but this is on a scale that not many collectors are going to get into right no. you, you can't frame this anywhere you can't put it up like you no can't they had a cool display where it was propped up on its side almost okay so it didn't take up as much room but at the same time like when you're looking at a thousand bucks so like that is huge like it is quite a project and if you're only into lego i could see justifying the buy if you're doing mm-hmm. it once twice a year something big like that. Yeah. this is like your big collection that's point. Your hot toilet, yeah. Yeah. If you add up all the black series in that we get for a year sure that's gonna add up to a thousand bucks yeah oh, <laughs> i don't want to do that math because yeah. my wife will kill me <laughs> that's just the black series not the legends yeah too. wow yeah. and all that but you add up what we spend in a year it's yeah. probably close to that so if that's your key focus of collecting sure why not buy yeah yeah. yeah, it's cool set. It's, it's, I gotta check it out. Yeah, go to Lego store if you can because it'll be there for a while. But it's really cool just to see and just appreciate the detail behind it. Right. Like it's it's impeccable the detail. So many little pieces. Cool. Do you know what I'm gonna do? Is I'm gonna buy it and watch you two guys put it together. But I'm gonna hide like five pieces <laughs> and just watch you guys go insane. <laughs> like I swear I was here. Like what the hell? <laughs> what would you do if you're missing just a couple pieces? Right. Like oh. would you just forget about it and be like, oh. <laughs> I'm just, just like gonna... paint one gray I have, or something? I have, a, I have a set in this very room here that is missing a piece. Really? I think you can like write into Lego. You well, I yeah, you can write in. You could probably just go to Lego store and get it. Right. Be like, but, come on, guys, like because you can buy like the individual bricks in that. But I think. There is, they do send a lot of the smaller pieces, duplicates. So every Lego build you do, every bag actually, you have a handful of the smallest pieces always are duplicated. Oh. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So but. what we should do then is write in, what, 7,000 times to Lego and say we're missing one piece each. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually we'll get it all. The Millennium Falcon. <laughs> yeah. <with> no instructions. <laughs> Good luck, guys. Here's this pile of Legos yeah. put together. Yeah. So 12 months, it takes us three years. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> all right, guys. That wraps up our stores talk for this episode. We're going to swing over into the DC world. We haven't talked Woo! DC since I've been back. Uh-oh. So we had the DC takeover a couple of weeks ago. There's, there's a couple little 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 pieces of news here that I want to discuss. Little nuggets. Little nuggets. Little just uncover them. Little, little golden diamonds. nuggets. Well, one isn't so little. Yeah. The Shazam film, which is going to be packed full of muscle-bound humans. Woohoo! We've got The Rock signed on to play Black Adam. He's not going to be in the Shazam film, as no. I'm told by you guys a couple weeks no. ago. That's right. He's having his own standalone, but he will eventually come against Shazam himself. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about the actors that are going to portray this character. And one of the front runners is none other than The Rock, Dwayne Johnson's, one of his counterparts from the WWE in John Cena. Ooh. Now, this guy is pretty big. We've seen him in a couple films. He's starting to build his repertoire. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I believe he still is wrestling. Uh, but I don't know. I haven't watched wrestling in like 20 years. I, don't know. Right. He's, I think he's in and out. Right. What are your thoughts on the potential for John Cena? 
playing this character. Now, there's another guy named Joshua Sass or something like that. He played Gallivant in an ABC series. No idea who this guy oh, is. No clue. I'm familiar with John Cena. I'd love to hear your opinion. All right. So this Shazam film should be called Captain Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> that sounds like a lengthy legal battle. Yeah. <laughs> is the next film for DC after Aquaman. So it's a big film. Uh, very important film for them. They have to nail this. Keep the momentum going. So I'm curious to see who they're going to cast because this is a big decision. And we haven't heard many rumors. This is the first rumor that we've heard of casting decisions. And it's in pre-production. They have a director. They have a script. So they're doing storyboarding, that kind of stuff. But they don't. They haven't announced the actor yet. So if it is John Cena, it's John Cena. I can't say I'm terribly like that big of a fan. Like I, He was pretty funny in that Amy Schumer movie, Wasted, was it? Or... Yeah, I know which one you're talking about, where he was kind of like the dopey big dude. Yeah. What movie? What was that called? I don't know. I watched it, though. It was a train wreck, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah train, train wreck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Wasted. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. And that's about all I've seen him in. Like, I haven't seen him in too much. So he looks the part. Can he act the part? I don't know. I mean, a lot of people were saying that about Gal Gadot, and she pulled it off. So I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. If it is him... It might not even be him. Who knows? I mean, it, but it has to be someone imp- imposing because they're going up against the rock. Mm-hmm. So you and can't he, he have... fits that bill. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you can't have someone that's like 100 pounds going up against the rock. Yeah. So, And I think, actually, the child actor that they choose for this because the story of Shazam is he's a child and he says the magic word Shazam and he turns into this immortal god. Billy Batson? Yeah. yeah. So that child actor, whoever they cast for that, will be important as well mm-hmm. because he'll be... 50% or more of the yeah. film. Yeah, which is great because they have confirmed they are going that route and we are going to get the child actor oh, good. and as well as the adult. So um, that's cool. Yeah, John Cena is kind of tricky. I don't think he could carry a movie on his own. I mean, mm-hmm. wrestling rings one thing. Um, it took The Rock a while to develop Long that charisma, yeah. you know, to, to be where he is. I don't think... Um, John Cena is the guy to do this mm-hmm. physically, of course, sure. But you could say that about anybody. You could go grab an NFL player and yeah. go. Up, you know what I mean? You got to have the acting chops, and especially if you're carrying the whole film. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's the right fit. He hasn't built up that resume enough. No. To take on a whole film yeah. on his own, I do know uh, WB and uh, the Wrestling Federation. They do work pretty well together, right? I think they're actually partners. I don't. I know. think they are partners. Of some oh, sort. Okay. They've done comic books in the past together. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I don't think it's a good fit. I, I'm, there's other actors out there. I'm sure they can grab. Mm-hmm. They can beef up. We've seen Chris Hemsworth. We've yeah. seen all these other guys yeah. that have the acting chops, and they can get the physical That's look true. going. So uh, I don't think I'm not 100 percent sold on this yet who would you want if you could if you had dream casting it's a tough casting oh yeah yeah that's that's a tough one i'd have to think about that sylvester stallone you know what they're not doing anything with uh what's his name that's gonna play deathstroke oh uh, yeah uh, joe joe Maganello. Maganello. Yeah. They're, they're not doing anything with him i yeah. don't think so right now but he's he, a big dude too he's a big yeah. dude and he can get even bigger i think he kind of has that look they were looking at him at first actually to be superman for one point too mm-hmm. so i would like that i think deathstroke is still going to be in justice league but I don't think he's going to be in Batman anymore. Okay. Okay. So I think he still has a role if they do bring him back or if they did a Teen Titans movie or something like that. Oh, you got to put Deathstroke in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'm indifferent about this one. Um, 
he yeah. he's really got to be able to carry this film because they're planning a trilogy of films, are they not? With the yeah. Shazam, with the yeah. Rock. So if this one bombs, mm-hmm. and then you could put this Rock one out there, and yeah. then maybe shift the focus of the franchise to an anti-hero of some sort that the Rock maybe yeah. become. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't. Maybe know the, the Rock kills him. Yeah, but <laughs> um, <laughs> Rock Bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's one of those things that it's hard to speculate, and when you look at decisions they've made in the past were like oh no that's the worst and it turned out to be great yeah so mm-hmm. wait and see this with this kind of approach um i don't know if and i agree that john cena probably doesn't have the resume or the repertoire to get into a movie to lead it yeah mm-hmm. do you want him in the background for a while maybe probably like look at well dave batista is another character right, right. yeah and he's come a long way in a few short films, yeah. but he didn't start off as the star, right? He started off as a stoic character that yeah. had very few lines. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, still, you won't even give him his own film. And, and plus, he's he's really lucky to be working with a guy like James Gunn because he yeah. really works off of his weaknesses almost, which yeah. makes him his strengths in those films. Yeah. Whereas you can't do that with a character like Shazam, right? He has to be the front man. He kind of has to have like that that rock kind of charisma going yeah. on. Oh yeah, because right? I mean, it's a it's a little boy who's controlling this like yes. immortal, so he's got to have like that youthful like. Kind of like Gal Gadot in Wonder Woman, where she was kind of like that, like doughy-eyed, like you know, just thinking the best of humanity. You got to have like some qualities of that that the actor's got to bring. So who's who's that? I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone twenty years ago, Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) twenty years ago. But I mean, thinking about actors today, I'm just drawing a blank, and it's a tough one. Yeah, like I have no idea what the character is even supposed to be like. Like I imagined him kind of like a even campier Superman. Yeah, just he's the, the uh, images I've seen. Yeah, can't be your like like Goku ish, Dragon Ball like silly yeah. but very strong. Yeah, you know because huh? he's a kid yeah. at the yeah. same time, but he's kind of know that that he was a child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. New information. There we go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's let's slide over to a property that there's a lot of respect behind at this point in time, and that's Wonder Woman. We saw her run up a massive box office total, the biggest I think comic book movie of the year domestically. Yeah. I Guardians is bigger globally. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, no, Spider Man just climbed yeah. up after yeah. the Japanese. After Chinese yeah. opening, Chinese yeah, Chinese seventy million dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. huge. huge yeah. yeah, but domestically, this climbed up all the way up to number five. Yeah, which is crazy. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Would have never predicted that. No. And that movie came from director Patty Jenkins, and she is now one of the most sought after directors in Hollywood. Yeah. But Wonder Woman, WB managed to land her. Officially for the sequel. Now you have to be pretty stoked about this to have a character or a director, sorry, running through with this character and continuing to build on what they did in Wonder Woman. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Patty Jenkins said, you know, she's really excited. She wants to do this. She said she has like the dream cast that she's always wanted, and she can tell a story that she wants to tell. And I think she's earned that with the amount of money that this movie's made and the critic reviews have been off the charts and fans have loved it. I think, you know, she's earned it, and I'm excited to see where this goes. And it's one of the few properties that DC actually has a release date for. Yes. Which, actually, now that I think of it, I think it's December 13, 2019. Bye. Oh, see you. Oh, so I don't know if that's going to change or if uh, Star Wars is going to change. Oh, we know which one's (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's December 2019. So, yeah, it's it's probably going to move. So that's great because it'll probably move up. So it's closer to see another Wonder Woman. Um, the talk is it's going to be set in the eighties against the cold war, which will be kind of interesting. Um, so like a prequel type thing again. Yeah. Another prequel or, you know, they could bring it up to modern day after justice league, you got Aquaman and then Shazam and then wonder woman. So let's keep the narrative going forward. 
And let's see. I hope it's... If I had a choice, I would pick modern day as opposed to setting it back in the 80s. Uh, it's very tough to do those period pieces. Look at the X-Men. Some of them are great, like Days of Future Past. And right. some of them kind of miss the mark, like X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. So I, I prefer... And we we don't we don't have a Wonder Woman film in modern day. You know she's briefly in Batman v Superman. I don't know how much she's in Justice League. Probably a lot more than when she uh, when they started filming Definitely, the movie. Yeah. So well, it'd be interesting because also Captain Marvel is a period piece as well, set in the nineties. Yeah. Oh, okay. So which comes out in twenty nineteen as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have two female led superheroes, and this is Marvel's first forte into that that genre specific end of it. Mm-hmm coming out with period pieces so it'd be nice to see these kind of we're going to see captain marvel and the avengers movies probably avengers 4 as well yeah Yeah. same thing we're going to see wonder woman brought up to present day in justice league but i agree with you i think i'd like to see a more forward progressing narrative through this and building on each individual movie and spanning a much larger arc i think it really depends on justice league how that film does Mm -hmm. say justice league bombs at the box office they they may rethink okay maybe we don't want to go forward with this universe Maybe we'll just do one-offs and kind of ha- how they used to do it where Batman and Superman didn't really interact, but they'd still release those movies. and Just within their own franchise. Exactly. Yeah, and just have Wonder Woman films within her own franchise yeah. and maybe try Justice League again in five years. Um, but if it does great and it makes $2 billion, then I think they'd be like, yeah, let's keep this universe going and let's keep this narrative going. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, no, I, I would like them to get away from the period piece and get to current time, going back to uh, one of my favorite runs in the New 52, um, the Wonder Woman run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I forgot the, the writer. Brian the Azzarello? Yes. Yeah. Such a great run, all the way from volume one to six. Just give us that story. Mm-hmm. Throw in the new gods, throw in uh, Oran, you yeah. know, and those guys and her brothers and Apollo. Give me that film. Oh, That's what uh, Hades and yes. all the gods. It was yes, and but, the old man yeah. Ares. Yeah, they killed them all. (laughs) They'll come back. Yeah, I think think they're still out there. They didn't really solidify what happened necessarily to Zeus. Mm -hmm. I think he's still kind of floating. Zeus always kind of comes back, comes back and goes. What if he's Steve Trevor? See, that's another thing that scares me because Steve Steve Trevor is one of the best points of that film, and he's gone now. She'd be in love with her dad. (laughs) (laughs) It is Greek mythology. Yeah, Yeah. Game of Thrones. What if, you know, they could bring Steve Trevor back because he was such an important part of that movie. It would have to involve Wonder Woman going into, uh, what's it called? Like Hades Kingdom, the Underworld. Fighting Cerys, the three-headed dog. Yeah, something like there. that. Some hell. Greek mythology. Yeah. Is that Greek called it? Like the Underworld though, right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Underworld with like Hades. Like I'm just picturing the Hercules cartoon uh, now. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Such a great movie. <laughs> Love that movie. So this movie comes out next week on home video. Are you guys excited? I got the Steelbook 4K pre-ordered already. I haven't seen it since theaters, but uh, are you guys excited to rewatch this? I'm curious to hear your opinion. I, I watched it. I revisited it again. Oh, okay. And, yeah. You know, I, I, was, I was rooting. I was cheering about this film when I first left it. And yep. uh, after going back to it, it doesn't hold up. It's still, it still ranks in the same spot where I put it last in the DCEU, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't hold up as well as I thought it did. When it hits, it hits really nicely. And when yeah. it fails, it, it feels pretty bad, and I feel like it fails more often than it, it hits. Okay, well, That's just my opinion. I yeah. don't want to sound like James, <laughs> James Cameron or anything. Here, but, um, <laughs> it just, it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth from mm. uh, last time. And you said you uh, watched it with your wife? Yes, yes. And what did, she, what did she think of it? She wasn't feeling it either. Yeah? Yeah, there's some weird one-liners in there. A lot of slowdown. A lot of slowdown. It's it's a little ridiculous, actually. I'm going to have to take back my wedding gift. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to revisiting yeah. now because 
Well, we usually align in our... I know, and yeah. I don't like hating DC here because, you know, I love their books, but, uh, yeah, I, I, know, I really did like that movie. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're good. Tim's just stoking the fires. He's probably, like, sitting behind Troy while they're watching and he'd be like, this sucks. Whispering. Boo. Just throwing up cards. And, yeah. You know. Well, I think that's a good point to transition here because we're going to go from one of the most highly praised movies of the summer yeah. to one of the lowest rated movies or movies, TV events, TV whatever you want to call yeah. it. Baywatch. Of all time. I actually watched that. It was, it was all right. Yeah. It's good. Rock's it's good got Black Manta in it. Yeah, he's awesome. I love the yes. sport of anything he does. But it's this Inhumans experience, this IMAX Marvel <laughs> thing that they threw out there. It was initially supposed to be or initially sold as the first of its kind. It was going to be this cool crossover between the film world and TV. We're going to get the first two episodes on the IMAX screen, and they're going to transition into the remaining eight on ABC starting in September here. And this was this was a property that was shoved down the priority list by Marvel very rapidly. Yeah. It fell off the slate eventually, very quietly. It was picked up by the TV division in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They ran with a few storylines that were okay-ish. They really didn't discuss or or really get to any of the royal family but this was supposed to be the introduction of the inhumans to the mcu now <laughs> we're now sitting in a post inhumans world mm-hmm. did you guys pay the 20 bucks to go see the first two episodes of that's how much it costs oh yeah yeah an hour and a half ish no absolutely not <laughs> they'd have to pay me to see that <laughs> so I, I had all intentions on going to see this mm-hmm. and i usually don't let reviews bog me down or, or deter me from a film i like to make my own opinion here and i'm okay with expressing that opinion afterwards but this thing i've seen a couple reviews ash over at skyhoppers did a vlog on it it's really well done i won't say she swayed me out of spending my 20 dollars, but she kind of did and then I, I stepped over to Rotten Tomatoes. It's literally got a zero percent. I've never seen that before on Rotten Tomatoes. This there's only twelve reviewers. Okay, so that's not nearly what you usually get with a film, which is upwards of by this point in time, it's sixty to a hundred, and then mm-hmm. you end up with two hundred reviews, and it kind of centers around something. But this is just awful. The reviews. Yeah, I've heard some spoilers and all that, and apparently ABC's real pissed off. Do they have to air the rest of this? <laughs> Seriously, because yeah. they, they paid all this money, or they're yeah. at least in part, to put this into production, and they're getting a product, which, again, I haven't seen, so I'm mm-hmm. kind of coming at this from the periphery, that yeah. doesn't meet the standards of what maybe they think even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stands up right. to. Yeah. yeah. Is anyone surprised, though? I mean, <laughs> we've been seeing trailers and photos, set photos, and casting, and nothing Nothing yeah. has piqued my interest at no, all. No, this, you know, and um, I'm just like, yeah, you know, kind of good riddance. I've never been one to uh, read Inhumans. I, I read the event uh, Death of X, I believe, which had the crossover of Inhumans and the X Men. I just, I really feel like Marvel has been forcing the Inhumans down our throats like hard. Whether it's talks of having a movie or having the TV show, which we now have, having these crossover events with them in the comic books, and I mean that's cool. If if you like them in the comics, that's great. But I just feel like nobody was asking for this no one's really excited for any of these properties and we've seen it now well we haven't actually seen it here at the table (laughs) (laughs) tim's gonna see it i'm sure i will watch it and and they're stuck now because they have that friday time spot yeah right i will i will definitely watch this Mm -hmm. just to see it yeah we're not Mm -hmm. gonna i wasn't gonna spend twenty dollars on it yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll PVR it and watch yeah. it on Sunday mornings by myself. Well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll watch a couple episodes. I mean, if I watched an episode of Iron Fist, I can suck it up and watch it. <laughs> you know, uh, an episode or two here of uh, the Inhumans. So, uh, 
Ugh, man. It's, it's yeah. disappointing because this was Marvel's opportunity to put the Inhumans out to a wider population if they could have got the momentum. Like, I'm not saying this was ever going to be a Guardians-type movie, but right. if they'd have gotten the momentum behind them, even half of what Guardians got, like, look at them now. They're everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, everyone is familiar with Rocket, Groot, Starlord. Like, these are household names. Yeah. yeah. And you go back five years ago, no one knew who the hell the Guardians were. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now they're everywhere. This was their opportunity to do the same thing. If they had to put and dump that money in and said, look, we can make this group of characters the new Guardians, the new household names. People are wanting to be Black Bolt and Medusa for Halloween and all this. Right. That is what they should have strived so for. So you're saying full on board, just go a movie route, not do this half ass or put a ton of money into five episodes. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough with the episode route. I I feel like they should have just gone full out movie. I agree. Well, it seems like, so I was reading an article about this recently, actually. I guess Ike Perlmutter, who is the head of Marvel. Yeah. uh, No longer the head of Marvel Studios. That's been shifted out with Kevin Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige, yeah. Apparently, he was one really pushing in humans. Okay. And once Feige got removed from being under his control, that's when it slowly kind of tumbled down the list. And Ike pulled that back into the TV division and said, I want to spin this out. Oh. But as a whole, like they should have... And we say this about the Netflix stuff too. Yeah. Maybe not so much about Defenders because it was eight episodes. But right. not go back from 10 episodes and cut that in half and double your production money yeah. per episode. So instead yeah. of having whatever it was... A million bucks per episode you've mm-hmm. now got two million bucks per episode yeah and yeah. dump the time and effort into crafting a story that is concise to the point and then also use the money to put into the the imax cgi yeah it, like that was the big sell that if this was going to be on imax it had to look like it belonged on imax yeah, yeah. it's a tough thing though because when you're dealing with like the sci-fi cosmic kind of stuff and you, and you have you still have this TV budget, there's only so much you can do, and I feel like like Netflix gets away with it because one, they have the better characters like Daredevil, more people know who Daredevil is, and mm-hmm. Punisher, and then you have Jessica Jones. Those are just cooler characters, and they're street level, so you can get away with having like a longer series with a way scaled back budget, as opposed to when you're hitting cosmic here in space, that budget better look nice because if not, it reflects hard, which yeah. is clearly what's happening mm-hmm. in this show. I, mm-hmm. I I feel like with the money they spent, we could have even gotten like a cool She-Hulk. Like, why not go She-Hulk and give us yeah. like eight episodes of her or, or do the same kind of thing and just focus on one character as opposed to like this crazy weird family game of thrones like style show that's just it just it, it always seemed kind of half-assed even though they had the imax backing mm-hmm. it, it just it just never worked for me at least is yeah. inhumans dead now is there any way to come back from i this? don't think not in a tv or film no i don't think so it's I fantastic four territory now yeah i they, they may go down the path of amping them up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but they've even gotten away from that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Great. Right. So I, I really think this was an opportunity and they've really missed it here. So so with this now, because it is still attached to the MCU somewhat. I don't even know what, did, what kind of references are. Right, but, but does this affect, you know, potential characters like uh, Miss Marvel, like Kamala Khan? Like how will they introduce her who is originally an Inhuman herself? How will we get these kind of cool Inhumans incorporated into the mcu down the road because mm-hmm. someone like hers is bound to show up in the mcu if they're trying to plant miles morales they yeah. could just go a route and instead of using the term in humans yeah. because of captain marvel being connected to the kree and the scroll right you could go down the path where the kree were screwing with human dna which is the origin story of the inhumans right. more or less and just never call them inhumans right and just have a similar origin but not directly referencing it like yeah. literally screwing <laughs> or figuratively uh they're experimenting uh, oh is that what like, you call like it now test vibe? yeah test yeah. tube babies maybe uh. but they're yeah. trying to create an army 
Maybe I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I just don't want to be a hater on the humans. I just feel like we, we could have gotten like Samreen, you know, Namor. We could have gotten yeah. Shield. There's just there's so many other better properties in the MCU that we could, or the Marvel universe that we could have gotten as opposed to the humans. I don't want to sound like everybody else, but a lot of people have been saying for a long time these are like the like the poor man's X Men, which right. in the comic books they're not really, but it's like this is what all like Marvel has to use. Yeah, well, you that's know, what they were trying to do. And that's but, what they've been trying to do. And yeah. having another franchise built around five or six characters, yeah. that's ideal. Yeah. That's yeah. five or six action figures. That's five or six mm-hmm. costumes. That's like When you think of it from that scale, yeah. putting the effort into it, into a team, nonetheless, right. gets you that much further down the road. Right. I agree with you. I'd love to see a She-Hulk on yeah. Netflix or something like that. They, yeah. could, they could do so much with that and have her She-Hulk out right. in episode 9 yeah. of 12 episodes, oh, right? I love it. The and court cases? The, yeah, the court case. And do that whole build of the oh, character. Man, yeah. There's so much they could do here. Yeah. But they were really trying to push this in the comics yeah. and they've been really trying to push this in TV land, yes. like everywhere. Yes. And it comes down to the, a commitment to a character. If, if they wanted something big, they should have either waited or dump the money into something appropriate. Exactly. Even three episodes. Yeah. And yeah. do and show all three in IMAX and then show all three again on ABC. Boom. This is your second opportunity to get at this. Boom. This is a huge thing in humans. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll come back with four episodes next year. Exactly. Giving you more. And do you event want. style yeah. of releases. Like continue with this. Look, it made two million bucks or something in the box office, right. whatever it was, two and a half million bucks. So it made some money. Yeah. But I'm assuming they give that back to IMAX. Oh yeah. And then that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like then they're kind of stuck with the like, dud of a show. Yeah. Do you think the failure of Inhumans forces Marvel to go back to Fox now and be like, hey, like let's play nice with X Men and maybe we'll bring over Hugh Jackman? They don't need it. No. They're making so much money. They don't, like Marvel didn't need Spider Man. Yeah. Know? They're they're making cake. They're doing well with Cap. Are like the big three. Right. They're making so much money. Is just a nice little feature to have Spider Man. They don't even need Wolverine and to work with. The Fox world would be pretty chaotic. At I don't. This you'd point. have to reboot it again. You, you, you really would. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, guys? That, that's a perfect segue <laughs> into our next topic of discussion, <laughs> and that's Marvel Phase Four. So we're coming off the back end of a project like Inhumans that maybe would have been better suited in a Phase Four, trying to build up a team that could have sat on the other side of this Infinity Saga, and you could have built them up from there. We're coming off of the last film of the original trilogies from phase one. So with Thor Ragnarok this year, we've got Kevin Feige and James Gunn speculating a lot or talking a lot about what is coming next. We know we've got a few of the main pillars as we've mentioned before on the show in Spider-Man, Black Panther, Doctor Strange. So what we thought would be fun here to do is speculate a bit on what we're gonna see in phase four because as we count down these movies into Avengers Infinity War, into Avengers 4, we're going to be at least, I think, starting with potentially Thor Ragnarok, planting the seeds for Phase 4. This film franchise, as we build up into Avengers 4, is going to be the culmination of 22 films. One big arc. Wow. And Marvel, one of the big things that they've done is lay foundation for further events in each individual movie. And so I really think that in these next few movies, we're going to start to see the seeds planted for Phase 4. We're not going to go cold into Avengers 5 or Spider-Man 2 or anything like that. We're going to have to set things up. We're, they're going to have to set things up as they go. And when we talk about Phase 4 here, we're really talking about a new era of Marvel films. So Feige stated, yes, we're still going to have Earthbound characters. James Gunn's come out and said, yes, we're going to have potentially a cosmic universe running in parallel. 
But when you look back and you step back, before we go into big arcs, when you look back and look at the franchises that we're going to have carrying Phase 4, we've got Spider-Man, which is going to be the first film out of the gates in July 2019. It's going to be a couple months after Avengers 4. And Amy Pascal has come out and said, we're going to take this with a grain of salt, <laughs> but she said that it's going to pick up moments after Avengers 4. And then we've got Black Panther 2, presumably Doctor Strange, potentially another Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. So we've got a few characters that are going to take us through into Phase 4. Now, one thing with Spider-Man 2 that's going to be interesting, and I'd love to hear some thoughts here, is how do they promote this film that is so dependent on Avengers 4 without giving away what's happened in Avengers 4? We know Spider-Man, of course, he's going to survive this. We, yeah. we know that already. Mm -hmm. But how can you promote, say, Iron Man's in this or Captain America's in this <laughs> without giving away the end of Avengers 4? Like, how do we start off Phase 4 here with these individual franchises without giving too much away? Yeah, you know, I, I think with Spider-Man and especially him climbing the charts, no pun intended, more so now <laughs> in China, I don't think you would have to, uh, this time around with his second film coming out, you don't have to promote so heavily with him being backed by the Avengers anymore. So they, it worked the first time with Iron Man to solidify that he is an MCU now. I don't think he has to piggyback now mm -hmm. as much. And, and even though this film is taking place after the Avengers, I don't think it's necessarily going to tie in so many strings from the cosmic world because... A lot of people like Spidey kind of in the street level yeah. as he is. So I think they'll be um, they'll be okay. We don't even know if Iron Man or, or Captain America, exactly. those guys are going to survive. But, right. you know, going back to the last um, Spider-Man film, they did such a great job of just kind of having little drops of, like, Cap mm -hmm. in there, but not necessarily being the Cap from yeah. uh, Civil War, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so. I think they got to be very careful with what they do because, so you have uh, Avengers 4, Yep. It's going to be this massive event. We all know it's going to be the biggest spectacle seen in film. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be epic. It's going to be grand. Uh, grand. <laughs> uh, oh, grand. So Sounds good. so French. <laughs> yeah. um, but my thing is, where do you go from there? It's hard to go from if you're a fan or an audience member. So you watch this and you're just like, wow, like the whole universe was at stake. And then you go into Spider-Man 2 and he's fighting, say... The chameleon. What's his ability? Well, he changes shapes. Or he's fighting the scorpion. He's slightly strong. And it's just like, it's going to feel like a letdown, you know? Because they built this up, this Avengers Infinity War, and I assume Infinity War Part 2 or Avengers 4. So they're building this up, building this up. I think they would be wise not to tie in the solo films with anything from Avengers. Because I don't think they could compete. Because Avengers is just this awesome team-up movie anything other than that is going to feel like a letdown like how do you go from spider-man fighting thanos to fighting the chameleon yeah they, they've been doing it for years though in comics they, they did it with iron man 3 coming right off of avengers which kind of worked in that it's kind of nice to have these this big epic you know grand scale like aliens coming down and yeah. then you bring it right down to a personal story mm -hmm. of tony stark iron man which even though i didn't like iron man 3 that much i do appreciate for those kind of elements of the story mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. i think it's actually gonna be kind of refreshing to go from this huge scale and then bring it right back down to Spidey. You mean back. like shrink the budget even and just make it more of like a intimate personal Spider-Man, like internal conflict? Well, well yeah, because that's the thing with Spider-Man. It's always more about the personal story. You don't really care who he's fighting, whether he's smashing Thanos' face or whatever. You, you just want to see him make it back home in time to see Ant-Man. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of the cool part with Spidey. And I think that's why he works so well to come off of Avengers 4. Yeah. yeah. We well, have to look at how they've built all these trilogies. Like we're mm -hmm. looking at 
Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Ragnarok. Iron Man 3, not so much. We'll yeah. consider the end of the Iron Man trilogy, Civil War. Yeah. Everything's been about escalation, mm-hmm. right? And, and including other characters and building up these universes. Ragnarok's going to be huge. We've got Hulk. We've got this universe-spanning type story. Yeah. So we're going to definitely step away from that. Yeah. And it's how they do that. We've been, in the comic book world at least, we've been saying less events, less events, less events. I, I'm a big fan of events, mm-hmm. but I want the more personalized story. Exactly. And I think that's what they have to spin into. It's to start over again to a degree with that universe, with the continuity they've built behind them to stand on top of, but to go and say, no, we have to build this up a little bit. We have to take these new characters, your Black Panther, Miss Marvel, Ant-Man even, and, and roll them out with these, these scars that they have from the events of Infinity War and Avengers 4 and see how they deal with those on a much more personal scale. It's going to make the films more intimate, but it's also going to make them more harder to make. Yeah, because they have mm. to make it still believable that all these characters are still interacting and still fighting these individual fights, whether it's internal or not, and have that come off as being part of still this universe where Thanos threw a planet at another planet. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they develop that, but I'd love to see them go that more intimate route mm-hmm. or start to interact on a smaller scale again, and then slowly build this up. It's essentially like a roller coaster, right? You get to the top, you come right down to the bottom, and then we slowly start to climb again towards something even bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which again, going back to Spider-Man, you can kind of do because you can kind of incorporate now the new theme is Avengers saga is done. We're now pumping the new Avengers, and in the background, yeah. Spidey is going training with the new Avengers. He's yeah. training with Ant-Man and Falcon and all these other characters. So you can still kind of incorporate the Avengers being in there on the side. Yeah. And then one day we are going to get the new Avengers film mm-hmm. or the young Avengers even. Do, do yeah. you think that they step back from Avengers event movies for say five years? And, yeah, and, oh, yeah. And pull away because, and, because and, it's such a big roster now. Yeah. 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 And oh, then yeah. they build these up. They build these individual characters. We get instead of a movie or three or four movies or whatever, five movies, six, whatever it is now. It's like, like eight almost. Right. between Avengers now mm-hmm. but just do two more Spider-Man and and maybe another Thor and a Black Panther 2 maybe a Black Panther 3 and build into something bigger and and kind of wait a bit and have this this arc that stretches through them all or some sort of interweaving narrative but wait to do the event movies and, and kind of take a break from all that from a bit like would you buy into that or are you going to be craving that event style movie I'm fine if we step back from the Avenger build-ups, but even if you want to go the route of your, of your crew, your team, the Guardians, because yeah. there's so much stuff they're planting over there. If you gave me a Guardians meeting, the old-school Guardians build-up team-up movie, mm-hmm. I'm totally on board with that. And then you're on the on the side here, you're building up Spider-Man and the Sinister Six. You know, like, they all kind of have their own big, like, standalone films within those franchises. I'm cool with that. And then eventually, you know, you got to give us the, uh, the Avengers 5, yeah. you know, build-up. But Guardians, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on that one. So I, th- yeah. I think that's where or what we're going to see here is that we're going to have this earthbound narrative barreling forward with yeah. Spider-Man and, and that crew there. And then as James Gunn's mentioned, Guardians 2 are planting the seeds and Guardians 3 is going to kick it off. This idea of a cosmic universe within the MCU. Two parallel massive story arcs running side by side that probably will eventually cross over at some point. Right. But you could see with Guardians, with a Ravengers movie, a Nova movie, something to that effect, and them doing an event movie that doesn't include Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't include Black Panther. Exactly. And mm-hmm. we go out and do like an Annihilation, where right. you have, out in the cosmos, you have this huge war going on, fighting a Nihilus, and yeah. Earth's over here just going Chilling. through its day-to-day. Yeah. 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 
And that would be really cool. Like you have it centered by Chris Pratt and that crew leading a, a like a, a army of Kree soldiers and the Nova Corps into battle against the Annihilation Wave or something like that. Right. So you could have this event scale going on outside of the Earth, outside yeah. of mm-hmm. the Avengers, oh, which would be really that. cool. And so it's the way yeah. I want them to see to go. So much potential up there, especially with the Guardians. They could, they could, they could visit you know the the symbiote planet yes. for a second, and that's just a wink and nod. Like oh shoot, there's the symbiote. Yeah. You know, don't have to commit to the Venom yet, but you could you could throw that out there. Yeah. Ah, so much you can do with the Cosmic <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Would you be on board for Cosmic Universe running parallel? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think that's a great way to do it where, you know, as you said, you kind of ground it because Earth is going to go and see some shit after Avengers 4. Like, normal humans are going to, like, all have to get, like, uh, therapy after it because it's going <laughs> to be insane and they're all going to have, like, PTSD. It's going to, like, totally destroy Earth. And that'd be a way to kind of branch out and have your Cosmic Universe, like, have your cake and eat it too, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can have your big event style movies with your cosmic stuff, and then you could have your more intimate Spider-Mans and your more ground level characters like a Daredevil even. Maybe, you know, maybe he gets a movie. You know, he's been a good soldier. He's been a good TV guy. uh... Well, 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 speaking of Daredevil and Spider-Man, like we are still warmed up. Like this universe here, the MCU, they still are aware of aliens. Like we do have the events of Avengers. So it's not like they've never witnessed aliens before. Right. right? So that is kind of nice that they already have that woven in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, what about the Netflix characters? Do you think... (laughs) At any point, they're going to get woven into the bigger MCU. Because as we've gone and watched, or at least most of Defenders, is that you don't, at least from my perspective, you, there's almost no references to the wider MCU in that. Yeah. Now, they are kind of stinted in the timeline, being that they aren't keeping up with the events of Civil War. So right. Sokovia Accords aren't a thing. And as you go through this, like Age of the Shield keeps up with all that. Yeah. This seems to be all... 2012, 2013, yeah. 2014. Like, we're not quite there yet in that universe because it all happens almost sequentially back to back, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Like, all of this happens within a contained timeline just after the events of Avengers. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not a chance. I, I wish we could see Daredevil. Uh, Mark, Mark over yeah. there with that, with that great theory with uh, the detective DeWolf. Yeah. Or Spider-Man. Jane DeWolf. Yes. You Jane know, DeWolf? Yeah. 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 But the death of her. Yeah. You know, but instead of using Spider-Man, you use Daredevil. Shout out to Mark. I love that. Uh, Punisher. Yeah. Did he, did he say Punisher instead yeah. of Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah, he did say But I think Daredevil and Punisher, Daredevil is the one to bring him back to light to not kill... Potentially, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I think you mentioned both those. Is really cool. Check it out on uh, you know the nerdroom.net. There, such a sweet <laughs> theory. But um, if not, yeah, I'd love to see the Kingpin, Daredevil, Spider Man. I mean, Kingpin was introduced in Spider Man. Yeah. That's right. his first appearance, right? It's it's unfortunate that we won't see them together, even though they are under the same umbrella. I just make it happen. Seeing Daredevil on the screen with Spider Man yeah. is would be incredible. Like, mm-hmm. not to give away, we're going to review Defenders next week, actually. Yeah. So come back for that. But <laughs> there's a moment in the Defenders series where Daredevil shows up, and I'm literally on the edge of my seat. Yeah. I freaking love that character. Right. Do I want him to have a movie? Sure, yeah. but I think the Netflix series serves him way better. For sure. Mm-hmm. Because he's a very complex character, and Charlie Cox is on another level. He just gets better. Yeah. yeah. So to have even just him integrate into the MCU, into a Spider-Man movie, into something that's maybe a bit darker, a bit more grounded for Spider-Man. If you want to go more personal, bring in someone like the Punisher or Daredevil, someone that can drag them down and you're not focused on this idea, well, why doesn't he just call Falcon? Why doesn't he just call whatever? This is a very intimate story Mm -hmm. and that's what they need and that's what they could do with this universe is integrate that sort of street level filmmaking 
into Spider-Man. Just yeah. bring Spider-Man just dark and yeah. like do something yeah. a little different because right. Homecoming was very poppy. It was a very sure. much a for Marvel sure. movie. Yeah. And let's turn things on their head and face for, for sure. I, and I think within time, as it gets a little bit older, we could go that darker path. I just, yeah. I hope they do it. I, and again, Punisher, another guy introduced in Spider-Man. Yeah. So like, yeah. make it happen. <sighs> yeah, so that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about theories from Mark over at Talk Star Wars. Make sure to go check out his website, www.com. I did it again, www. Why do I say that? <laughs> He's so old school. Yeah, 1999. He's over at talkstarwars.co.uk. You can catch him on Twitter at talkstarwars. They've got awesome stuff. They're always talking Star Wars and incredible Whoa, podcasts. Talk Star Wars is talking Star Wars? Exactly. Wow. You got, you got it. I thought they were talking Star Trek. <laughs> Maybe the Orville. Talk Star Trek. <laughs> he throws out some theories once in a while on the nerdroom.net here. And he put forward an incredible one that we teased a while back about Fantastic Four. And that kind of spurred a bit of this episode, too, because I wanted to talk in a bit more detail about some of those ideas. And he talked about Fantastic Four. Now, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but I'm going to hit on some of the key points here that I think make this theory so plausible and so integral to what it what the MCU could be with the Fantastic Four that we have to discuss it here. So he really kicks this off by taking the events of Spider-Man Homecoming, particularly where Tony Stark has sold Stark Tower now. Now, the key thing to remember about Stark Tower is it was the epicenter for the events of Avengers, which we are going to review and drop next week. So our review, our MCU retrospective, <laughs> is coming back with Avengers next week. Right, guys? Yes. yes. <laughs> so the key events there is that this portal opens above Stark Tower. Now, if you look at what... Reed Richards has studied is negative zone, yes. portals, mm-hmm. all these type of things. So his theory here puts forward that Reed Richards actually is the one that bought Stark Tower and is going to rename it the Baxter Building. With the whole premise being that he wants to study in detail the portal that was opened above Stark Tower in Avengers, which makes perfect sense. He then goes on to theorize that... They'd put a research station up in between Stark Tower and the portal. They're doing something to it. They get blasted with the radiation. Doom's there as well, along with Tony Stark and Iron Man. Iron Man saves them. He takes Victor Von Doom after being exposed to this radiation. To help save him, he chucks him into an old Iron Man suit made of vibranium Uh. that is a darker green color, maybe. And he ends up getting fused and trapped in there. So you get the origin of the Fantastic Four that makes sense, that ties in with the greater events of the MCU. Mm -hmm. You get the origin of the Fantastic Four from their spacefaring, studying the negative zone or portals or whatever. You get Victor Von Doom in his Doom costume that looks kind of like Iron Man, similar to maybe what we've got going on right now in the comic books. And that makes perfect sense. You've got this man in an iron suit. So much of that theory blew my mind those particular points there and how well it could easily slide into the mcu love mm-hmm. it it's incredible I right i love that i would never be in that i was just blown away yeah it's it's awesome i absolutely love it i just when i think about that and you think about the thought that was put into that and the steps that you could take like what they did in homecoming and how mm-hmm. to tie that into avengers tie that into this mega event right you could do a very similar thing with a fantastic four for sure and for that's sure. one thing i think is missing from the mcu at this point is the first family of Marvel. Absolutely. We don't have them in the comic books anymore. No. And that's come right out and said, the reason why is because of the film rights. Mm -hmm. So this is a fantastic way to bring them in. 
I like the pun. It, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was not on purpose. <laughs> there are four different ways to bring the... No. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about the Fantastic Four entering the MCU? Is it a must, or do you think they can continue without them the same way they could probably continue without the Inhumans, without the X-Men? I think they can continue without the Fantastic Four, but I don't think they can continue without the Fantastic Four villains. Yes, yeah. well said. Because yeah. I think you got Doctor Doom, you got Galactus, you Silver got Silver Surfer. Surfer. Yeah. How do you go bigger than Thanos? Galactus. Galactus. Yeah. Throw in Doom and Doom helps you. Or throw in Silver Surfer. Yeah. You know? The Fantastic Four, they were great. I haven't read any Fantastic Four comics. I've seen the cartoon from the 60s with like the Herbie little thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So weird. But... Yeah, your Black Series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not the biggest fan, but I know Hickman did a fantastic run on it. Uh, Baron swears by it. Hickman's run is awesome awesome right on fantastic four yeah, yeah so like it's something i really want to pick up in like some of those comic shows like dollar comics or yeah. whatever and read it because i don't know too much about them so me coming this from an outsider yes they were important but times change i mean namor and um what's his name the uh, chris evans character fantastic Captain four. America. Oh, human torch human torch yeah. yeah weren't those like the first two marvel comics ever published and human like... torch johnny storm isn't this different human torch oh okay yeah. but the like invaders though because they they belong to the invaders they were there yeah yeah captain america john, like Hammond, john, Hammond, yeah. john Hammond, maybe <laughs> <laughs> but like, like times change um you know at one time shazam was more popular than superman and yeah. now he doesn't have his own comic but he's getting his own movie so right. starring john Cena. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the rock um but what do you guys think well, going back to even like what I said before, you know, Marvel's been doing fine without the X Men. They're doing fine without Spider Man, and and they'll they'll be fine without mm-hmm. Fantastic Four. But you said it the best, you know, the villains is what we could use. Doctor Doom is one of the best, baddest villains of all time. Top three, right? I think he's incredible. Obviously, Galactus, Super Swirl, um, and then obviously um, Silver Surfer. Even though he's not a villain, but we could just get a standalone film of him would be great. Those characters yeah. to me would yeah. fit better in the cosmic set. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah definitely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's just the rights issue. And I, I love this theory, but it just it all comes down to the rights. And I feel like this movie um, or this theory, you know, somebody bought Tony Stark's building in a Spider-Man film. The only person I can think of that could do that is Norman Osborn. Oh. So I, I, I feel in a Spider-Man film mm-hmm. that's been planted for Norman Osborn to come along, mm-hmm. buy that building, and slowly work his way up. He could already be present in this world we've just never heard of. And That'd he be can, cool battle Iron Man on a business scale and obviously later on as a villain mm-hmm. or Spider-Man of course so yeah. I, I think that'd be really cool I love love Mark's idea the most that would just be incredible but you know going back to Comic-Con too I can't remember the director's name but someone kind of came out saying that they're writing Doom so we do know the Fantastic Four rights are still kind of being held on there's even talks of a of um what's his name what's the Fantastic Four's kids oh, oh Franklin Fra- Richards. Franklin Richards yeah. Franklin Richards, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have a film coming out too, supposedly. In the talks, like they're really trying to hold on to those rights, which is unfortunate, yeah. You know, they already made the Fantastic Four young enough as it is in the last film. Now it seems like they want to go right into ah. their kids, yeah. It's a big mess over there. I just, yeah. I'd like to see them in, but I agree. You want to see them in there, yeah. I, I would, yeah. You know, yeah. I think that uh, with the right director and the right writer, and taking something like Mark's theory here and weaving it into the, the deeper threads of the MCU. I think can make this this story work. Yeah, mm-hmm. make it feel like it's has been or is part of the MCU without feeling it was shoehorned in because oh, yeah. we now have the rights back. Right, mm-hmm. and you could build this up again as 
something that's a bit smaller and build towards a doom for an Avengers five instead of something bigger, right? right? You go from an intimate, someone that's affecting individuals within New York. I don't know. You could roll it that way. I think. And you get the Illuminati at last. Yes. You get Reed Richards, Black Panther, Tony Stark. Well, well, that's one thing. Do you think we're going to see the Illuminati? Do you think because the Illuminati are important at the end of Secret uh, oh. War? No, that run. Um, Anyways, they, yeah. they end up with the Infinity Stones. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Remember. why is, is it, it Hickman's? Slipping? No, not Hickman's. Well, they they are integrated into the Infinity event, into Hickman's yeah. New Avengers, and all that. Right. But essentially, the Illuminati have the Infinity Stones, and they, they kind of retconned everything back. Is Bendis that did a lot yeah, of it? Yeah, because the Hood came in and he took the rings. And yeah, did some stuff so but too. like the, the yeah, they or retconned the a lot, a whole yeah. bunch of stuff with they were present during the Kree Skull War and they're controlling everything up in this. Yeah, war. I don't expect them to go in. And retcon a whole bunch of things that Tony Stark had actually was sitting around a table with Reed Richards this whole time. Right. But what I what I'm interested in is, do you guys think that the Infinity Stones are going to play a role beyond Phase Three? Are I, we going to get? Are they going to be just gone, broken, whatever? Or are we going to get a stinger scene at the end of Avengers Four where we have a table full of the remaining heroes and they have all got an Infinity Stone and they're all now responsible for that? Oh shoot! And they take them and hide them. Like oh. Doctor Strange takes it and hides it in some realm. Namor, like whomever takes it, and now they spread the Infinity Stones. Star Lord takes one or whatever, and they have this Illuminati group that okay. is kind of teased throughout Phase Four as having the Infinity Stone still. Hmm. You rely again on this idea of these gems. Yeah. And them coming together at some point down the road. Yeah. But it is a kind of a cool way to say, look, this is how we're going to split it up. And you have this overarching Illuminati yeah. that kind of sticks out through the universe. I love it. Yeah, I love that idea. That's and they don't have idea. to act on it right away. No. They can hold on to that for, for years and then revisit it. It's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, it's that's a great three one. hours of filming. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, every, every three years with an Illuminati scene. Yeah. There you go. Shoot. Yeah, I'm sold on that one. Because at <laughs> yeah. first we'd be like, why are you holding the stones? It's like, no, throw them away. And then... You drop that theory and I'm like, okay. Yeah. You got me. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. It, is, it is a way to do it or it is a way to clear up the Infinity Stones and hold on to something bigger and say, well, we'll hold them for, min- for another day type thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got one big arc here that, that I'm really going to push hard here and I really think it's going to happen. So we've got this, this foundation that's been set for this 22 film series or big narrative arc that is Thanos and the Infinity Stones. So how do you do something similar but different? And I really think that Secret Invasion is the way to do this. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've pushed this before, but I've kind of developed this a bit more since we've had some announcements. And one particular announcement is that the Skrulls are in the MCU. So at San Diego Comic-Con 2017, they announced that Miss Marvel would be fighting the Skrulls. And featured in that film would also be Nick Fury. This would be set in the 90s. So we kind of pull this back and say, okay, we've got the Skrulls, shapeshifters. We've all read in... Secret Invasion. We've all seen it on Earth's Mightiest Heroes, how they spanned that arc so good. through a huge chunk of that series. Yeah. I'm thinking the same thing in the MCU, is that throughout Phase 4, maybe into Phase 5 or whatever, they have this overarching arc of who do you trust. So the end of Avengers 4, you have some sort of stinger where either one of the characters or one of the... You know, Electra. One of the heroes... Yeah, Electra. <laughs> one of the heroes is killed... And right at the end, you have Stark or whomever's left standing over this person, and they they look like a scroll. Oh, that is that your chin stinger. Morphs. Oh, chin morphs, yeah. and then that's all you're left with at the end of Avengers Force. So that yeah. plants the seeds. I think Captain Marvel is going to really start that off and kick that off and Definitely. say, here's how this starts to evolve. Nick Fury is familiar with the scrolls, 
And when, when this was first announced, when Captain Marvel was first announced, we haven't seen Nick Fury since Age of Ultron. So one of my first ideas was that, okay, Quicksilver was killed. We've never seen his body. They've never spoken of him again. My thought was that, okay, maybe Fury took him because he turned into a scroll after his body cooled. Oh, and so now Fury's gone underground to build his secret warriors of second and third tier heroes. That warriors, he, yeah. So it, it, you start this idea of who do you trust. But after thinking through that, I'm like, well, a stinger at the event, at the end of Avengers 4 where, say, Hawkeye dies and then he turns into a scroll at the end. That is has more impact. Right. But I think there's a whole bunch you could do there and you run this huge thread of who do you trust through two or three phases. Yeah, that's the marketing tool. And right there. so we're speculating, has Captain America, has Bruce Banner been a scroll since the beginning, right? Like, when did this start? When yes. did they start to plant the seeds for this invasion? And then you culminate in Avengers 5 or whatever, Avengers 6, 7, with a secret invasion where you have them battling the scrolls. And the whole movie is, we don't know who is who. Yeah. yeah. And then you eventually have these doppelgangers fighting each other. Sick. Yeah. That's so good. So idea. good. Because I really I did it. like that event, secret, secret invasion there. And there's so much you could do. Um, going back to the 90s with Captain Marvel, if she's the one to kind of cap it off here. I'm totally in favor for this. This, yeah. is, this is great. We could have Spidey's principal could be a scroll for all we know. Like, yeah. I can't wait. They could yeah. subtly tease us through for sure. so much. It could be a lot of humor with it. It could be off characters, characters that like a, like 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 a principal in Spider Man yeah. are, are watching over Peter Parker. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. He doesn't have to be a hero. You have one yes. or two heroes that is the queen or whatever. Yeah. But you have these characters that are in the background that you never really know. And then they're all slowly revealed within an Avengers movie. Yeah. And you tease this. You have to tease this yeah. at the end of Avengers 4. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You the plant the credits. seeds in Captain Marvel, which is the film before Avengers 4. So you yeah. get people aware of the scrolls, what they do, shapeshifters, yes. what they look like. You go into Avengers 4, you tease this. People are like, whoa, we just saw Captain Marvel. We know who these characters, these villains are. What is this about? Right. Boom. You tease that for another five, six years. And then it culminates. Yeah. Maria Hill, right now I'm calling it. She's a scroll the yeah. whole time. Wow. The whole yeah. time. Yeah. That would be something. Crazy. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. 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 That's a she's char- kind of been around. Yeah, that's yeah. a subtle enough character yeah. that's not like, well, Captain America's been a scroll since 1945. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's that's just that's less believable because yeah. that's what it was in Earth's Mighty Heroes, right? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Not since '45, but <laughs> <laughs> when he was frozen in ice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool idea, I think. Like I think that's Love something it. that Mm-hmm. That would live up to this this level of stringing this huge arc across multiple phases of movies, and it culminates in something bigger. I think that's one of the things you could do outside of something bigger yeah. cosmically. Right, and it's still different from Thanos as opposed yeah. to this one big bad. You mm-hmm. got like this vast invasion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and you can keep it somewhat intimate. Yeah, like we we're saying with the individual franchises throughout this, you're not dealing with monsters and gods and these stones with all this power, right? You don't have a MacGuffin you're chasing, right? Yeah. You, you don't need those those individual stones or gems that drive the movie forward. You can be doing your your movies and teasing this at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a cool way that they could start to plant the seeds early and bring this to fruition way down the road. But, Completely agree. Yeah. I think that's a brilliant idea, Tim. I should write for Marvel. I know. <laughs> you were marked, man. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of this idea? So we've seen tons of characters being brought up. They've all made their first appearance in comic books. What if Marvel and uh, Marvel Studios were to create an original villain or an original character to be kind of the next big bad after Thanos? Someone that has never appeared in comics before. They just created him 
and, or her, and that's it. Do you think that would go over well, or do you think that would fans would be like, oh, man, are you serious? Because like, there's still so much other villains that they haven't touched. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like it, just because, like you just said, there's so many villains out there they haven't touched. Going back to Defenders, they tried doing that with Scorny Weaver's character. Didn't work that well for me. She's a completely original character. I just, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into the MCU as, as a big bad or just featured in like an Iron Man film. Just like the future of like the next Thanos. Yeah, yeah. Not not feeling it. Yeah. It's one thing if you were to take the Super Scroll and kind of have your own version because they can't use the rights of Super Scroll. Yeah. It's between Fox and Marvel. Then that's okay if you had some kind of general scroll of some sort. I get that. That works for me. But either than that, if you were to just make up some kind of weird super sonic being that looks like Galactus, like that yeah. wouldn't fly yeah for me. or a cloud yeah yeah, cloud, yeah fart cloud yeah. <laughs> uh, you know i they, they've done some things like that where they made whiplash into two characters yeah mismatch yeah two so they've kind of mashed two characters to create somewhat of an original character that does have roots in the comic books right. they do something original when you have 40 70 years yeah. of characters you know i wouldn't say no outright mm-hmm. but it, they need to have a reason for doing it like they right. need to it needs to drive some larger narrative forward mm-hmm. and but i really don't think they're ever going to do that because they play so much to the comic books and it just it drives this this level of you want to be a part of, of of something bigger so you go to the comic books to learn about thanos you go to the comic books to learn about galactus and all this and then going forward you're, you're just building the brand of marvel yeah yeah but you know they are taking characters that are original characters from two two years ago and sticking them in one of the biggest movies of all time yeah. with a black order. Like these were introduced in 2015. Right. Or even Coulson was introduced in the movies and Re- then put in original the character. Yeah. There, you right. there you go. So yeah. there's there's there is instances of that, mm-hmm. right? There's room for that. There's very there's much room so for that yeah. for sure. But yeah. to, to go to a big bad when we have so many other villains out there just to make an original one mm-hmm. it just wouldn't make sense. There'd have to be some kind of purpose and then if they unveiled themselves to actually be somebody that we're familiar with then I guess that works. Yeah. 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 So there, there is room for that. Mm-hmm. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has done this a little bit where they've developed characters. Now it hasn't gone over so well. But <laughs> at the same time, there, I, there, maybe there is room for an original character or a character that you debut both in the comics and the film at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You integrate them into a larger story. Right. You build this up, and then boom, they're in the com or the, in the film. Like that new and human they just introduced in that last event. Yeah. Or to yeah. U- Ulysses, U- U- Ulysses. Yeah. Yeah. Like Uh-oh. okay, like something that would kind of make sense because he's kind of fresh into the comics. And then mm. I don't want to see him in the films because he's a little overpowered. But I get your point. <laughs> it's an eternal now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. His name but, is Ulysses. Yeah. Ulysses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who's an inhuman that could like see the future, and everyone's uh, like, "Oh my god, he can predict the future!" And then, <laughs> it's like, no, none of it comes true. <laughs> Civil War Two. <laughs> but all right, guys. Well, I think that wraps up our Phase Four talk and our discussion for this week. I'm excited to see what comes forward here, and with the end of the Thor franchise, or what could be the end of the Thor franchise, we're stepping into to new territory here, and. Some of the speculation has got me really amped up for what could come next. I'm not banking on that Thanos is going to be the be-all and end-all of all this. I'm excited for him, but we have to be continuing as fans to look forward into the future. And I know that Fuggy and crew over there are very much doing that. So I'm excited to see what comes next. Marvel, if you listen to this and take some ideas, particularly maybe Mark's or maybe the Secret Invasion idea, Uh I'm cool with that. So just... Write me a check or whatever. <laughs> I'll forward on some of it to Mark. 
<laughs> but no, guys, it was an absolute pleasure discussing some Phase 4, discussing Episode 9, and a little bit about Shazam and yeah. John Cena. That's right. <laughs> Batman. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can always email us at thenerdram at gmail.com. You can grab us on Twitter. Our handle's at the end of the episode. Make sure to go check out thenerdroom.net. We've got lots of articles going up there. And our podcast ends up up there as well. That can give you links to Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, all those kind of different places. You can also comment on our Facebook as well as our YouTube pages if you'd like to get a hold of us. We are part of the Star Wars Commonwealth as well, so make sure to go check out the rest of the shows in the Commonwealth, including Talk Stars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyhopper Podcast, and the San Diego Sabres Radio Podcast. Everyone is cracking out awesome content there's a lot of commentary around this episode 9 business star wars rebels for friday 2 and we're all going to be barreling towards the last jedi in the next coming months there's a lot of content to keep up with with the journey to the last jedi i just read phasma it's awesome the comic book i really enjoyed it there's a couple books we had to catch up on here Star Wars Rebels is coming back. One correction from last week. I said 10 episodes. It's actually 15. Thanks to the guys at the Tumbling Saber for correcting me on that one. <laughs> so we got a lot more Rebels to think about. October 16th is coming very soon. Ragnarok tickets are on sale. That's, That's right. coming November 2nd for us for the early showing. November 3rd for the rest of the world. So... I always forget Justice League, November 17th. Uh, two weeks after <laughs> yeah. Thor. Yes. So we got Justice League as well. Whee! And then we culminate this year with The Last Jedi. So we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. We're going to be coming back here next week to review Defenders. We may have a special guest from the Commonwealth come and join us for that. So look for that next week. Next week, we'll also be dropping our Avengers review. It is a little bit late, and we apologize <laughs> for that. But it is nice that we'll be able to talk Defenders and Avengers in the same week. So look out for our MCU retrospective series kicking up and continuing into our Avengers Infinity War massive retrospective. We've got Avengers. We've got Iron Man 3 also dropping in September. Thor Dark World next month. And then Thor Ragnarok in November. So a lot of movie nice. reviews coming up. I wonder which one Tim will like the most, Thor or Justice League. We'll see. We'll see. I may, I may love Justice League. Who knows? The world's a crazy place. It's crazy. Who knows? He, I mean, he does like some DC movies. He does like The Dark Knight. I do. How it's a crazy hate, world. How could we'll you see. hate that movie? We'll see. Donald Trump's president. Anything. <laughs> for now. <Anyways. laughs> for now. <laughs> All right, guys. For the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Tim. No, wait. Let's try it again. <laughs> and I'm Troy. One more time. And I'm Sanjay. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, and Sanjay, on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, and Sunjabby. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, and YouTube. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find more podcasts in the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Tumbling Saber, Generation X-Wing, Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyrim's Podcast, and San Diego Sabers. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.